Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 35, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean. There's six of us because there's an exclamation point at the end of that title. Wow. <laughs> As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime, so you've been warned. I like how you screamed your name this time. I feel like you're going <laughs> to blow out a couple speakers and a couple of uh, eardrums yeah, <laughs> for our listeners. That'll be fun to edit um, for this episode. So my apologies in advance, even though you've already heard it. <laughs> um, so right off the bat, still no update on release date or release info for the next set of JoJo episodes. You know, with our, our weekly, uh, I don't know, watch, our, our JoJo watch, JoJo episode watch. We'll f- figure out a name for that. Um, but in other news to start things off, we were guests on an episode of Anime Brothers podcast where we talked all about JoJo's bizarre adventure. Yeah, I'm sure you could have taken the whole day to talk to them, but <laughs> any opportunity we have to talk about JoJo, we were all for. And we were so excited when JD and Earthworm reached out to us, um, inviting us to to talk to um well it was Earthworm specifically. Yeah. Um we were also joined by Dan and Jeff from Otaku Host Club podcast. And it was a lot of fun. It was just great to gush about JoJo with other diehard JoJo fans. Yeah, especially because I feel that sometimes the JoJo fandom or JoJo community is always looked down upon. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of shit, okay? But yeah. sometimes we deserve it. Yeah, so it was nice to get together with everybody and we just talked about all things JoJo. We briefly discussed Stone Ocean and our thoughts on it, but yeah, this was, I think Earthworm dubbed it as like a, a basically a love letter to JoJo, so... It's definitely a fun conversation and a good group of people to discuss with. Yeah, so if you're interested in that um, that JoJo-dedicated episode, again, it's Anime Brothers Podcast. It's one of their Anime Brothers Extra episodes. I believe the title is A Love Letter to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, featuring us here at uh, the Strictly Series and Otaku Host Club. That should be up, I believe, by the time this podcast episode goes live. But if not, keep checking back um, on Anime Brothers uh podcast wherever you get your podcast acts i believe they're on all services and if you're interested in hearing um their guest spot when they joined us that's actually over at strictly anime it was episode 50 um where we talked about popular anime characters the title was legendary or just hype our takes on popular anime characters featuring anime brothers podcast and now on to jojo itself you know transitioning from one jojo thing to another jojo thing to the main jojo thing which is what we're all about it's all about jojo here um what were your thoughts on this episode there's six of us i'm gonna say it like that every time because it's weird <laughs> it's weird there's an exclamation point <laughs> it's i don't know it, it sounds like something a child would say like holy shit six, six people <laughs> i mean i get it like that's the whole point of the episode is like a new person shows up and they're it's now become a, a murder mystery trying to figure out what's going on here but yeah, the exclamation point's a, an interesting choice. But my question is, does this make Among Us a JoJo reference? Because Ooh. this whole, ep- or not this whole episode, but a majority of it is about like Hermes discovering that there's six of them <laughs> and that one of them is... The imposter. Right. So I would say this is kind of like JoJo's Among Us episode, Among Us 
Um, I mean, I guess we could consider Among Us a JoJo reference, um, but it's Among Us, so <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> everything can be a JoJo reference. Everything is a JoJo reference. I mean, Poop mm-hmm. is a JoJo reference. Yeah, as from a, this episode. Well, even before that, because um, there were other poop refer- references uh, in part three when Kakioin feeds the poop to the baby stand right. user. Right, I forgot about that. And I feel like there's probably others that I'm just not thinking of. So Poop has been a JoJo reference, but here... It is now a part six reference as well. But I guess besides this being an Among Us episode, um, I did I did enjoy like that we are in a different setting from the prison. We're finally outside the prison, even though the the inmates, the prison posse, is still under close <laughs> the watch. Prison posse. Um, so I noticed like you get a, a more colorful palette of backgrounds in the in the sun and in the swamp rather than like the desolate prison walls like the the grays and the muted muted whites and such although the swamplands do look pretty was it the was it the marsh they called it i can't remember marsh um, swamp i think it does look pretty dreary still yeah but the the sky is a nice bright blue so it was <laughs> in contrast to the jerry situation unlike the the nice mustard yellow that it is in part four <laughs> right or like it <laughs> is it mustard yellow i feel like i thought it was like green sometimes uh part four jojo sky it is mustard yellow oh well it was a 1999 bizarre summer so. no but you're right though there are some shots where it's more of like oh i don't know if this is like fan edited though you know i'm just gonna say it's mustard yellow that's it yeah but here we get the bright, sunny Florida skies. Um, we get Jolene and Hermes teaming up with their stands for the first time. And we learn a little bit more about White Snake's plans and where he's holding all these discs. But, you know, even though I, we, we want to keep the, the hype for JoJo going, because we talked about this last episode that we, the hype is kind of dying down since Netflix released these episodes in bulk. But did this episode kind of feel slow to you? Um, I'm going to use your terminology here and call it a transitional episode. Mm. Although it's not really transitioning us from one thing to another. It's actually a setup. for. It's part of, it's like a, it's part one of a two-part arc, essentially. Right, because yeah. the next episode we get introduced officially to Foo Fighters. So it had the feel of a transitional episode, but it was more just the, the build-up to what's going to happen next. So... Uh, maybe that's why it felt a little bit slower. But yeah, overall, it it was okay. The animation, um, I think, suffers a little bit in this episode. Yeah. Well, I think with the close-up shots, you get a lot of them of Jolene and Hermes, and those look fine. But whenever it's like whenever the camera's a little further back, um, you can kind of see like they, <laughs> it was a little bit of a rush job. Um, I'm sure that'll be cleaned up with the Blu-ray version. Or if they're gonna be continuing to make edits like they did with um, Emporio's outfit, but who knows? Yeah, um, you can tell that this was an episode that had less budget or time or resources dedicated to it because it just looked rough. It it just looked rough around the edges. It wasn't bad looking by any means but in comparison to other episodes yeah you can tell there's a dip in quality here um but overall i thought it was it was a decent episode um i i would say it is probably one of the 
I hate to say weaker episodes of these first 12, but I mean, really all of them hit so hard. Not every single one is going to hit at the same level. This mm -hmm. one, I say, you know, takes that dip in terms of uh, hype factor as well. But you kind of need that to build up to the mystery, right? Because it, right. it stops at a very good point where you're, you're, you're just getting like the first couple of tastes of what this mystery is, and then they cut you off from it so that you're really intrigued for you know, the, the big reveal in the next episode. But I do wonder, sorry, going back to what you're saying about seeing scenery outside of the prison. So let's just take a moment here and appreciate the settings that all other JoJo parts are in. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I feel this way and I'm willing to bet a lot of the JoJo fans feel this way. I kind of want to visit some of the places that were in other JoJo parts, specifically, you know, all the places in Italy in part five. That looked amazing. Um, obviously modeled uh, off of like real life shots of like the Coliseum and stuff because, you know, it looked very one for one, um, you know, Egypt and all the other places that they visited in part three. I, I just think it's it's really cool. Um, and then I wonder for anyone outside of the United States that has not visited Florida, if they look at Florida in part six and think, I am never going there. Nothing about <laughs> that looks attractive. I don't ever want to go there. Why is Disneyland there or Disney World there? Why is uh, Universal there? Like it looks terrifying and very vacant and, and blah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, part of it is just because we're limited to one area and that is the area around Green Dolphin Street Prison. Um, so obviously, like you, you can't get the glitz and glamour of Miami or <laughs> or Orlando. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think that's one of not. It's a, it's not a downfall, but it would have been cool to see because yeah, going from part five, you have all these gorgeous, touristy, lush locations of Italy, and then going into part six, you're you're in a jail. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that continues to surprise me about Iraqi is he can take something super mundane or something you really, something very overlooked and turn it into something incredibly epic. Like here, again, we have a jail. If you heard just flat out that an entire part of JoJo was set in a jail, um, you would not think it would it would reach the epicness that you get in part three or part five. But here, I, I think it's it's equally, if not sometimes more epic than some of the parts, some of those moments in those other parts, um, despite being limited to a jail and a marshland. Um, so that 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 just I think feeds into Iraqi's ability um, to tell really great stories. It's kind of like how in this part, and we'll get to it in a couple of episodes, he makes a simple game of catch um absolutely insane and epic and i was mm -hmm. on the edge of my seat the entire time like holy shit how do they keep this going so once we get there we'll, we'll talk in more detail about that or i know people shit on part four about being the slice of life jojo part but it was super epic there were a lot of crazy moments i mean jotaro and, and josuke fight a fucking rap for god's sakes but that was like one of the most intense episodes of part four um so he's really good at um, making epic things even more epic and making mundane things incredibly epic. Although this episode was a little too mundane. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say <laughs> you didn't that, like it, did you? <laughs> I don't know. And maybe because, like you said, it's just mostly set up for the next episode. Um, so it's not going to be as exciting. I understand that. But, man... Like, I don't know why I found this one such a drudge. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Maybe we can we can f solve that mystery in and of itself as we talk through it. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with our summary of Part 6, Episode 7, 
there's six of us. You know, it would have been better if this lined up with episode six. Because then... Part six, episode, <laughs> episode six, six there's, there's six of us. But six, that, that's, six, six. That's, uh, that's some spooky stuff right there. Yeah. Anyways, McQueen's discs shuffle from Hermes to Emporio to Jolene as she grooves to his soul disc to learn more about White Snake and the whereabouts of Daddy Jotaro's Star Platinum certified albums. However, her obsession of low beats to Ora Ora to is cut short when prison warden Loco Barroco tasks her... Hermes, and three other prisoner volunteers to search for two escapees in the surrounding area, whom we learn were the main dinner course for a blob-like stand the night before. The search and rescue team are forced to wear bracelets that will turn them into mincemeat pie if they stray a considerable distance away from the guard overseeing them. Jolene tells Hermes that McQueen's memories revealed the location of a whole compilation of stand discs in circulation within a tractor of a nearby plantation, and they begin their investigation while telling the guard to eat defecation. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. However, the quicker sticker-upper confusingly counts six inmates during their excursion. To make matters worse, their bracelets beep faster than a car horn on Adderall as the head guard is swallowed into the swamps and causes a prisoner to turn into green dolphin gumbo. Hermes is suddenly attacked in the swamp water by an enemy stand made up of Sheldon J. Plankton's family members, but Jolene pairs up with her prison posse partner to put a pause on the Plankton party's plans as it pulls back into the putrid pond. The two of them then push the button for an emergency meeting with the three other inmates to determine which of them is the sussy baka. Sussy baka. Sussy baka. Well, how does that, whoever, how's that song go? Anyways. I don't know. <laughs> And now on to our next segment of the show is that a music reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. So there was only two in this episode. The first is the the name of the bracelet, which they call Like a Virgin. And that is in reference to Like a Virgin, the single by the American queen of pop, Madonna, from the album of the same name released in 1984. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? How did they get away with that one? I mean, this is Madonna we're talking about. She's, I don't know. I was going to say she's a bitch, but I don't know anything about Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, though, that it's probably not easy to get the rights to a Madonna song. Yeah, especially because Madonna's one of those powerhouse singers, so you'd think that she'd have a legal team that yeah. is synonymous with that. Um I don't know. This I'm was surprised. kind of odd. Yeah, because the subtitles, they clearly said, like, a virgin. In quotes, too, which is weird. Mm -hmm. As if referring to the song itself. But I also find it odd that Araki would name a bracelet like that. Because normally these... Um, Normally, it's stand users or stands or something significant has, you know, the, the namesake of like a, a band or an artist. But mm -hmm. here it's literally just a bomb bracelet that is only used, at least in this part of the, the story, in like two episodes. I mean, the guard also gives it the name Invisible Wall. But yeah, it was just really random that they would call it like a virgin. And I'm trying to think of the lyrics of the song. I know it's Touch for the very first time. I don't know if how that's going to correlate to a bracelet but you blow up i don't know <laughs> maybe you blow up if you listen to madonna's songs i don't know <laughs> it is a good song though i i love 80s madonna um like that was a great time period for her and her music 
So it was cool seeing like a virgin pop up. But yeah, I don't know why this, but not anything else with all these localized titles that are cringe. See, every time I think of like a virgin, I think I'm just scarred because of American Idol. You remember there was like way back when American Idol was probably one or two seasons in and it was like the hot topic of the day. Um, I think there was a contestant or whatever you call it. They, they were aud- auditioning and they did a rendition of like a virgin and it was just very cringeworthy. Like William cringy. Hung type thing? Yeah, kind of. I don't remember the name of the contestant, but I think that kind of ruined my liking for the song, which it shouldn't because like you said, it's a great song, but that's the first thing that comes to my head is that American Idol audition. Well, we're going to have you listen to the original like 8,000 times until it overtakes your brain <laughs> from that horrible memory that you have of that horrible show that won't die American Idol. <laughs> is that still on? I think it's still on, right? Yeah, it switched from Fox to ABC. I don't know. If, I think it was still going. I remember watching an episode when we were over at my family's house yeah it just needs to stop and i don't know i'm sure there's fans of it out there i just i feel like it's one of those shows that is long it's long overdue for cancellation like it's it's out outstate it's welcome but yeah i don't know whatever (laughs) (laughs) and the second and final reference in this episode is a fashion reference that is specifically for the name atro it's the name of Foo Fight. We'll, we'll find out later. It's the stand Foo Fighters. Um, her host body, which is I call her like the girl with the the green eggshell on her head. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah. So her name, I think Hermes mentions it, or one of the inmates is Atro. That is a reference to Etro, which is a family managed Italian fashion brand known for its paisley patterns. And for those who aren't familiar, paisley is that pattern which uses kind of like a teardrop shaped motif they call it the persian bote or buta buta reminds me of gurren lagan oh buta um yeah it's a teardrop shape with a curved upper end i think it kind of looks like little amoebas you've probably seen it like you'll see it on like handkerchiefs bandanas yeah yeah um but yeah the shape kind of looks like little amoebas or molecule or no amoebas i guess little plankton right so i think it was (laughs) it was perfect for foo fighters because we later find out that the stand is made out of plankton so i guess although i have no idea what plankton actually looks like not plankton the spongebob character but (laughs) like literal plankton you know what google it actually looks like the first thing i see is um a what do you call it not like an infrared maybe infrared shot of a plankton that looks like plankton from spongebob yeah this creeps me out i don't like this Ooh, okay it looks weird just google plankton you'll get a couple images of plankton from spongebob <laughs> then you'll get <laughs> you'll get like what looks like bed bugs or something to me i'm getting itchy just looking at this <laughs> this is kind of like is the- this the same thing as those um you know when you're a kid back in like okay like I don't know, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s when you'd have like the the sea sea shrimps or whatever that you could keep Sea anemones. Your, yeah, that you could keep in your house and then usually they would die because they didn't last very long. What were those called? Sea? Sea people. 
sea people. <laughs> Wasn't there sea? I thought it was like sea anemones. Well, there was like an, a kid-friendly name for it, like sea sea shrimp or something. Might have been. I know what you're talking. Oh yeah, about. sea monkeys. Oh, sea Fucking monkeys. Sea monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember one time I had sea monkeys. And um, I can't remember if it was myself or one of my sisters, but the tank got knocked over all over the kitchen counter. Oh, and I was just like, the sea monkeys, they're going to die. I mean, they probably died long before that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was creepy watching them like grow. Not that they grew big, but just like seeing them wa- swim around in the water. I just imagine that's probably similar to what you see if you look at plankton. Well, I'm looking at Wikipedia, sea monkeys was a marketing term to refer to brine shrimp. Oh, that's what it was, brine shrimp. That's yeah. why I kept saying sea shrimp. Ew, okay, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> look at these up-close ones. It's like They look like centipedes, water centipedes. Okay, let's move on. I'm getting okay. the jeebies. What I was going to say earlier is when we looked up plankton um, and we saw pictures of plankton from SpongeBob alongside the actual um, scientific creatures, it's kind of like the, the JoJo effect of seeing JoJo fans invade YouTube videos of American or British rock songs. <laughs> like, it's just so infused now with that culture here. It's like SpongeBob is now so infused with science. Do you think on SpongeBob videos that feature Plankton, there's some JoJo fans that have popped up for part six? Like, oh, look, it's Plankton. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's I'm, Foo Fighters. I'm sure. <laughs> like, I think I saw a couple memes that referenced uh, Plankton alongside Foo Fighters at some point. And I think that's a great segue into... The JoJo meme rundown, <laughs> where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. Um, yeah, I was going to say Plankton from SpongeBob is kind of a meme. Like, it's becoming a meme because of um, Foo Fighters. Uh, so I, I, I can't narrow in on a specific meme, but I've seen comparisons of Plankton and Foo Fighters um, pop up on different social media platforms now did foo fighters go to college uh (laughs) foo fighters is really intelligent though although when foo fighters takes on the human form it's like the intelligence suddenly dips but uh yeah so anyway it's kind of like a a half meme ish thing or becoming a meme with plankton from spongebob and foo fighters being made of plankton um i also have and again like these are stretches because like I haven't had any official memes that I'm aware of from um, from this particular episode, but I guess a meme is um, Jolene unofficially joining the Donutted Gang or the Donut Gang. All right. Because uh, for anyone who's not familiar, the Donut Gang is anyone in JoJo who's gotten gut punched and mostly died from it, um, like straight up through their stomach. So you've got Koichi got donutted um of course the classic is kakyoin mm-hmm. um i think bucherati got donutted uh and so jolene here gets donutted technically but she's unscathed because of her body unraveling which we'll talk about in a little bit so i guess you could say that's kind of a, a meme as well so there you go if there are any that we missed or any that pop up in the future as stone ocean is premiering please reach out and let us know so we get, um, I don't know, like a, a recap in the beginning of the last couple of episodes, and then it brings us to um, Jolene's current location, which is in the... Punishment Ward. Punishment Ward. And Emporio confirms that the uh, that inserting the disc back into McQueen brought him back to life. 
So that's confirmation to Jolene that if she's able to get the discs, uh, Jotaro's discs to him, he should also be able to come back to life. So that was nice of Emporio to relay that message. But what I think about is uh, the fact that Emporio kept the memory and stand discs that McQueen had, because doesn't that mean he's going to rot and die? Well, in the previous episode, McQueen didn't have his memory disc. He had a stand disc, though. But didn't Emporio say that he has both the... Yeah, he has both of McQueen's discs. So then I'm like, unless Whitesnake goes in and inserts other discs or whatever he needs to do, won't McQueen then basically become like Jotaro or like Emporio's mom, just like a a corpse, a a semi-living corpse that'll eventually rot away and die? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, (laughs) he did like try to kill um Hermes in the previous episode and you can't say unintentionally because at the very end of that episode he did understand that his actions have a direct effect on her and he was willing to take her down with him so he's dangerous but that still kind of leaves it up to the, that question of did the uh did the prison gang decide to let McQueen die a slow death because you know White Snake <laughs> or Poochie's not going to save the guy well, I guess he, he got what he wanted in that case. To, to die? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Or the other explanation is Rocky forgot. Rocky forgot. We'll, we'll leave it at that one. Um, and then we get the transition to the stable. Not the stable. What is it called? A, f- a barn house? The barn house. I don't know. Stable barn house. Stable Stables was, for the horses, right? Yeah. All right. So a barn house. <laughs> you think I'd, I'd know that because we were out here we in live Illinois. In <laughs> we or, live yeah, in America. We live in America. In the Midwest. Um, but yeah, that that to me feels like the beginning of a fucking scary movie. It was so creepy, like incredibly creepy, kind of setting us up for this whole mystery that's happening. But I feel like it doesn't correlate because you get this incredibly intense, creepy moment and we see a, a quick glimpse of Foo Fighters as they like eat this prison inmate. And then when we actually get introduced to Foo Fighters, when he or they or it takes uh, Hermes into the water, it's nowhere near as creepy. And it's nowhere near as vicious or as savage. Because there's a lot of blood in that that introductory moment that looks like a scary movie. And then here it's like, it's just trying to drown her. It doesn't even cut her or anything, right? Hermes? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of strangles her. Nothing... And it's like little plankton swimming towards her face when she's got the bucket on her head. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like the same stand. (laughs) Right. Why wouldn't it have also just eaten Hermes on the spot? Yeah, I have no idea. It's very confusing. But if you look at the prison guard, he's all mangled up. There's blood everywhere. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know why Foo Fighters decided not to absolutely destroy Hermes when it definitely could have very, very quickly. Yeah, you would figure if it knew that Hermes was a stand user that would make it more inclined to kill her. Yeah, I think there's a lot of just inconsistency in general with the the way Araki wrote um, Foo Fighters. Again, as we'll talk about in, in like an episode or two, Foo Fighters is incredibly intelligent. That's the whole reason why, I have to rewatch the next episode, but I think that's the whole reason why it's able to have a stand in the first place. But then the second it takes on the the girl's body she like becomes stupid she's like she's like a polnareff character at that point or like a uh 
like a who's a good like an Okuyasu type character at that yeah. point. I mean, a little more intelligent than Okuyasu. Everyone's more intelligent than Okuyasu, but you know what I mean. There's that very sharp dip in intelligence, or at least behavior, after it assumes her body. Well, I feel like Okuyasu was very threatening at first, and then he, after he becomes friends with Josuke, like it. it his threat level sharply declines along with his intelligence. That's but. true. That's very true. And I wonder if that's just Okuyasu putting on airs and being overly confident or because mm-hmm. we all know he's 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 stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know like um what a troll was like before she was blown to bits. Uh it was probably implied. dumb as fuck because she didn't move <laughs> when the, the bracelet was uh beaten all right, at her. Yeah. And I think one of the prisoners was saying that she was just she's very timid. So I don't know if when Foo Fighters assumed her body that it kind of took over some of her personality traits. So it's not able to, I guess, use its intellect to its fullest potential. That's the only reason that I can think of like why Foo Fighters is like so OP here. And then once she becomes friends with uh, Jolene and Hermes, it's like her brain's at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll learn more about Foo Fighters. Uh, I- I'm sure we will uh, as we get more episodes in part six. And uh, maybe rewatching the next episode will clear up some of our, our confusion here. Um, but I know we're jumping around a bit. Going back to kind of the beginning of the episode, after the opening, we then get um, all of the prisoners out in out in the yard. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> the prison yard. <laughs> um, and... The crocodile dude. What was his name again? Local Baroco. Yeah, Local Baroco and Charlotte are explaining that they need volunteers to find the missing prisoners. They mentioned that they're not going to be compensated, um, nor will their sentences be shortened. So it is pure volunteer work. And then guess asks guess guess asks why Jolene would tire herself out after getting out of the punishment ward. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Jolene, I feel like, half embodies Joseph Josar because she says, to get away from you, basically, <laughs> which is like the best comeback. Like That's a clap back right there. And uh, that's a Joseph Josar kind of move. I'm surprised Guess isn't part of the prison posse at this point. Probably because she's absolutely psycho, uh, yeah, and Jolene is so that, pissed at this chick. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. It sucks that I have to live with you. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like Now Jolene has some sort of power over Guess, where Guess originally wanted to have power over her. I equate <laughs> Guess to like Whole Horse from Part 3. Mm. Although Whole Whore horse. Whore horse. Whole horse. Whore horse. Whole horse has more of a villain feel to him. He continues to be a villain, although we'll see what happens in this whole horse Josuke collab manga that's coming out oh, at yeah, some point. I haven't really heard anything of it. I haven't either. I'm excited for it. Um, I, As everyone knows, we don't read manga here. I rarely read manga, but I, I may actually pick this one up if it's, uh, if it's promising. I'll wait to see what people say about it. But anyway on a tangent there um so yeah i don't, I don't know i think I, I feel like guess is too psychotic for jolene to ever trust yeah makes sense and i noticed um watching this a second time that when they first leave the prison yard like going through the gate and then the prison ward sp- like speeds off in his is it a motorcycle or an atv the prison guard yeah in, in his atv that if you look at the other people with them or the other um, inmates with them they're actually silhouetted out similar to like some of the background characters and some of the shots throughout part six and i 
knowing what I know now, I feel like that's intentional to help preserve that mystery because you don't exactly know who it was that left the prison yard with them. Mm. Um, granted, you could probably tell from the silhouettes because they are distinct silhouettes, but I thought that was a nice little detail that they chose not to just full-on animate them but keep that that mystery there. Although, to be fair, like watching it the first time and not knowing much because I didn't remember this part of the manga that well, I probably would have overlooked the characters if they had actually fully drawn them or animated them. Yeah. That's a nice catch, though, um, and I think it kind of works with... Yeah, you constantly see these silhouetted characters throughout part six. I would say more so than in any other part. Um, and that might just be to, to mimic the look of the manga. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. But, yeah. And then we find out that the discs are stored in a tractor tire. And I think we talked before uh, on Strictly JoJo about how Poochie needs to get one of those disc albums. Was that, was that on here? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the perfect <laughs> example of why he needs one of those those like zip-up albums. The that you CD can put binders. Your, your CD binders where you can put your CDs in there like we had back in like the late 90s. Um, cause then, you know, it would have been a little more or- organized and Jolene probably would not have spotted that. She probably would have thought it was like a photo album as many of us did back in the day. You know, you can't tell mm-hmm. the difference between your, your CD binder and your photo albums. Um, so that, that was a, a miss on his part. Granted it's set in 2011. Did we have CD binders in 2011? Yeah. Uh, I still, I think CDs were still around. Were they? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to, oh wait, 2010. That's when I graduated high school. Yeah, it was like that in between period where people had the iPods and their Zunes, but the they Zunes. still had <laughs> physical discs to listen to music on or listen to music on. Okay, well there you go. He should have known better then. Um, you know, he he could have gone out and gotten a a CD binder. Um, and then we have poop. Poop is uh yet again a JoJo reference here with crocodile poop. Um, what I find so funny about this exchange between Hermes and the prison guard is not so much like what's happening with them, but the fact that Jolene like leaps forward to save Hermes from falling into the poop. And then not only that, but they make it incredibly intense for some reason. Like they go zero to a hundred where Jolene's theme song comes on and everything gets all epic with like the, the menacing on the screen and all this shit and some wild poses all so that she can put a leaf on the ground so that Aramis doesn't fall in the poo. I was like, why is this so intense for no reason? <laughs> they just come out of the gate hot with this one. It was very abrupt too because you think they're about to head to the shed and then... Araki just decides, you know what? I'm going to have a prison guard mess with Hermes at this moment. <laughs> and I'm going to throw a piece of shit in there, too. Yeah, well, poop is always a welcome JoJo reference. Of course, you would welcome it, yeah. <laughs> I love toilet humor. I really do. Um, and then Hermes asks Jolene if that was her ability. And I actually forgot that this is the first time Hermes is able to see it because it did appear um, when Hermes was getting her shit rocked in the uh in the prison van in the first episode but she couldn't see the string at that time because she hadn't yeah. activated her own stand she wasn't a stand user um and similarly later on in the episode Hermes has to explain to jolene what her stand ability is when they're fighting foo fighters saying you know this is my stand with this little sticker and it's gonna duplicate and then destroy and then as the episode progresses, Hermes has a big brain moment and notices that there's six people instead of five. There's six of us, hence the name of the episode. Hold on, hold on. There's there's a quick reference that you missed 
actually to part five. Are you... Huh? I did? The, the tractor, the number on the tractor. What was it? Four. That's a part five reference? Because thought... of Mista? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but I think what I, I connected it with is that number four, it, like Mista always associates it with bad luck. Okay. And that's exactly what happens here. There, well, there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it. I, I think there's plenty of Easter eggs um, throughout each of the, or references throughout each of the parts, and I'll take this one. So there you go, Mista. He's probably freaking out about that one. Right, because <laughs> I think they see the tractor, and then after that is when Hermes counts to six <laughs> with the number of inmates. <laughs> also, they I guess they didn't technically need to number the tractor, um, although they say that it could be any tractor or whatever. But it's the one that Jolene saw in the memory. Exactly. Yeah. That's how they're able to narrow it down. So yeah, they didn't necessarily need to number the tractor. But yeah, maybe that is a, a reference then to Mista. Well, I, in my head canon, I like that. I'll, I'll say that that's a, a Mista, a, an homage to Mista because he's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, Hermes, Hermes notices the six people. Um, and then one thing that I thought was interesting, although I truly can't remember, we'll have to wait till the next episode, who is the imposter. I just noticed that when they had up close shots of the bracelets on all of the girls' wrists, 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 <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied here, um, that the far left image, which I think is the girl with the um, the ponytail and the, the, the red, black hair. Yeah, red outfit. Yeah, I think her close-up shot, it almost looks like her bracelet is super loose on her hand. And that could just be an animation thing. I could be totally over uh, looking too deep into this, um, but just trying to solve this mystery because I can't actually remember which of them was the imposter from the next episode. I would guess that that's a clue as to who may be the imposter or maybe it's um, they're baiting me to think that it's her. I don't know. I read ahead in my notes. It's it's not the ponytail. Okay, Although, is it the chick with the black eyes? Um, I think I wrote that it's the spoiler alert. It's the girl with a tennis hat. Oh, see, I would have thought it was. I think the first time I watched it, I thought it was the girl with the black eyes because yeah. that looks sus. Like <laughs> right. more sus than having an eggshell head for for your hair. It's mm -hmm. like why are your eyes pure black? Though technically they're they're all possessed by Foo Fighters. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think it's the girl with the tennis hat who has the yellow tank on. Um, that like she's the head of that group. Okay, so then yeah, I think this is all to kind of throw us off, mm -hmm. like little little clues for people like me who like to overanalyze this stuff. Um, and then we get uh, what's her name? A, a tro. Yeah, a tro. Uh, her bracelet beeps faster because everyone else is moving forward, and she decides to stand still, even though they're almost outside of the fifty meter range. And she's freaking out, like, why is it, why is it beeping faster? And I'm like, bitch, because you're not moving forward with everybody. And then she blows up. So, yeah, so that's where I think, you know, Foo Fighters taking over her body. He inherited her IQ. As well. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know, man. I was like, are you serious? Just walk of like ten steps forward, right, you'll just be fine. Do what everyone else is doing. Exactly, because the prison guard wasn't even moving at that part. They had found him in the water stationary. So I'm like, just move up, <laughs> just move up, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess that's the consequence of her action or inaction in this case. And then Hermes freaks out because there's some wet farting noises coming from the bucket behind her. Um, normally, you'd probably think, haha, you're crazy. Who cares about that? But she was right because uh, they introduced plankton to us via that bucket. Plankton. 
and the plankton (laughs) looks so interesting to me foo fighters the stand looks so interesting to me like again just not menacing very very goofy looking but not menacing in the slightest despite having that really scary introduction at the beginning of the episode it looks like a stand that i've seen in part three with those eyes right yeah the eyes are very distinct um i i i I had the same feeling. I just uh, didn't know what stand it could possibly be. I'm looking at a, a stand list right now. Um, I guess everyone, everyone in part three, or most stands in part three, just have really freaky eyes. So I get maybe it's just something that Araki decided to roll with. But yeah, it looked real freaky. No, it's gonna bother me now. We have to look it up. Hang on. Now I'm looking at uh, part five stands and. The way that Sex Pistols eyes are drawn, they kind of look like the the Plankton's eyes. Oh, maybe like number one. I'm looking at a picture. Or all of them. They got like um, like they don't have pupils. <laughs> I don't know how to <laughs> explain them, but just really freaky looking. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like looking at all these too. Um, we'll figure it out. Maybe we're just maybe we've seen so many stands that we assume. Yeah, I feel like. The way that Araki draws the eyes on stands, they all kind of have this freaky motif. That now that I'm looking at all the the pictures of these stands, they have like okay, yeah. As I'm looking at these, this is a major tangent. Sorry, everyone, but as I'm looking at these, there's a lot of stands that don't have pupils, but instead they have like yellow colored eyes with vertical lines, yeah, that's going what I'm down seeing. them, um, or even horizontal. So like Notorious B.I.G. Um, talking Head. I'm looking at uh, Part Five right now um echoes which is part four but uh, black sabbath has it um i think one of the sex pistols has it kind of purple haze Um, what else gold experience if you look closely has the vertical lines yeah oh i'm looking at requiem hang on oh yeah you're right gold experience has it harvest from part four yeah so I think it's just some a style that Araki decided to stick with when drawing stands. And it looks like it was mostly prevalent starting in part four. Although Hierophant Green has that same same style in his eyes. Yeah, maybe uh, Araki just really likes to draw vertical lines and eyeballs. Um, also, what's the wish one from from part three? The genie one? What was his name? Uh, Judgment. He's got the same eyes but vertical. Oh, right. Well, it's vertically aligned eyes with horizontal yeah. lines. Yeah, like he just like rotated the eyes. Um, sorry, this was a very interesting <laughs> thing that I've never noticed before about stands. Um, so now I'll never be able to unsee it. Anyway, back to Stone Ocean. There's six of us. So yeah, I feel I like the plankton stand design. I just don't think it evokes the creepiness that they tried to evoke in the beginning of this episode is what is the whole point I was trying to get at. It was a very long-winded point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we came back. That's the important part. We made the full circle. Um, But props to Hermes for protecting the shit out of Jolene, especially when they they only met recently and they've only had very iffy encounters up until this point. Um, Not to say Jolene doesn't equally protect Hermes um, because she, you know, goes right towards her despite Hermes telling her to stay away for her own safety. Um, and that's when, you know, as she's walking on water and all that stuff, she officially, unofficially, 
officially or unofficially joins the donutted gang and i think we've talked about this before um in the stone ocean review series about the concept of jolene's body unraveling Mm -hmm. and what that would look like to non-stand users because they're not able to see foo fighters i assume right because it's a stand in itself unless they just look at the the little plankton um but what would they see then as she's getting donutted? <laughs> just see her sloshing around in the water yeah. and just standing frozen. And the reason I <laughs> ask this is because we actually get um, one of those rare moments in JoJo where a non-stand user specifically says, what were you doing that looked weird because they cannot see the stand? Because I think the um, the chick with the hat, the, the tennis hat, says to her uh, that she looked like she was walking on water for a second there. And you, again, you don't get this often. Like you get it a couple times in part three, especially when they introduce Annie because she can't see what the fuck is going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here you get it with this chick and that made me just kind of think a little bit further. Did she see holes in Jolene's body? Like well, how does that look to someone like her? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we find out in the next episode that these inmates are actually under Foo Fighters' influence. So but that doesn't mean not... they can see the stand, though. They're not stand users just because they're under the influence of the stand. Yeah. Like, that would that would be like saying that nurse that Kakyoin took over in the beginning of part three is a stand user and can see stands. Like, no, mm-hmm. she can't. My, my thought is she can't see the stands, but Hierophant Green can see it. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's I'm guessing that's why this chick was like, how come you were looking like you were walking on water for a second there? <laughs> Explain yourself, Jolene. It'd just be great to see um, if someone could draw these like epic stand fights out of context through the eyes of a non-stand user and just see how plain it looks. Like for someone to watch Jotaro and Dio in part three go at it. I think there was something like that. I've seen that meme out there where someone's like, non-stand users watching these two fight it's yeah. just two dudes like screaming aura aura and muda muda hovering in the air and that's all you see they're just yelling just at each random other random buildings exploding yeah. around them like in the aura aura muda muda like face off it's just two dudes floating in the air yelling that's yeah. it. <laughs> like i'm picturing that is so funny so again like that's why i i take these situations and i wonder what it would look like for a normie yeah Two things I wanted to bring up with the ending um, after Jolene saves Hermes and punches the shit out of Foo Fighters. It was just nice to hear Jolene's theme again. I think you said it was brought up earlier in the episode when she saves Hermes from the poop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But here, I think I noticed it more because it is an epic scene. Um, And I'm pretty sure we didn't hear it at all, of course, in the previous episode because that was more Hermes-focused. But... Yeah, I, do, I just love this theme. Um, it's all, it's almost up there with uh, uh, Jorno's theme from Golden Wind. Is Jorno's theme your favorite JoJo theme? Yeah. I would say a close second would be Stardust Crusaders. Like Jor- jo- Jotaro's, Jotaro's theme. theme? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd have to say Jorno's is probably my favorite as well. Yeah, because it, it sounds like... It's bringing about death with the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Although my second favorite theme is probably... No, you know what? I take that back. My favorite theme is Bucciarati's theme. Mm, I yeah, love theme. his theme. And you have that... You found that one um, remix that someone did where they like added zipper noises and shit. It was yeah. such a good remix of his theme. I think uh, it was the YouTube um, channel Kirara Magic. 
Or... I wish that shit was on Spotify. Please put that shit on Spotify. Yeah. His stuff is, he does like mashups of anime songs and EDM. Um, and they sound nice and crispy. Nice um, and crispy. <laughs> <laughs> where's I going? Oh, the second thing. Uh, so when Hermes and Jolene escape from Foo Fighters, they're in the water. Um, oh, I guess there's three things. Well, second thing here is they're just talking underwater. Did you notice that? Um, yes. Are their lips moving? Yes. <laughs> um, because I know that in part three, we we were informed that stand users can speak to each other through their stands because that's how Jotaro, when he's underwater or something, like I someone's be able to scene, talk yeah. to him. Um, but like sometimes you see them, because it's not the... Those are not the only two times we see stand users underwater. Um, sometimes their lips move and sometimes they don't. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a stylistic choice. No, it was Hermes's lips that were moving as she was talking to Jolene. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So whether David Production makes their lips move or doesn't make their lips move, I think it's all the same concept. They're talking to their stand. I like to think that's it because that's what they told us in part three. Yeah, maybe. It was just, it's just, again, funny out of context because water would just be rushing into these people's mouths. That's true. <laughs> and Hermes is a pro at getting drowned by this point. So. <laughs> right. um, so I guess the third thing is also with this scene as they're escaping, um, Foo Fighters has their grasp on Hermes's leg, but Hermes reveals that she put a sticker on Foo Fighters' arm and she removes it, which prompts... Uh, the real arm to snap back in place but it was weird because you don't see the the original arm until after she takes the sticker off because my impression is that even if you duplicate something whether it be an object or a body part the original body part is still there correct yeah right so why did it just suddenly reappear um, either Araki forgot or David Production forgot. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're right. There, There is only one arm there the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then just conveniently a second arm shows up as we're seeing the two arms fuse back together. So, yeah, that's an oversight, I think, on someone's part. Yeah, or just very inconsistent lore with her standability. But, you know, I'll, I'll forgive it because it's JoJo. <laughs> And so that brings us to our final thoughts for Part 6, Episode 7. There's six of us. What did you think about this watery episode? Watery episode. <laughs> Make it sound like a lot of people are crying. Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I think, again, like, there's always inevitably going to be uh, a couple of, you know, one or two weaker episodes of any anime season and if I had to pick, at least for these first 12 episodes, I'd have to say this is one of the weaker ones. Um, I hesitate to say that it's weak in general or that it's the weakest um, because we haven't seen what the rest of part six has in store. And because it still has a nice, a nice hype factor to it, a certain mm -hmm. level of energy to it. But yeah, it's just kind of building up suspense for this mystery that we're getting in the next episode. So you can't expect something that's slowly building that suspense to be as insane as everything else that we've gotten so far and, and will get in uh, part six so far. So I said so far twice, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a, a decent episode. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty okay episode. As we've talked about it, it just sets up the bulk of the action in the next episode. 
regarding the enemy stand that's in the water, which we know now is Foo Fighters. I just think it was, it felt a little drawn out. And I think another thing is it kind of felt disjointed after the eye catch because it jumps between Hermes finding out about the, the six of them. Then you have this fight with the the stand user. Then it kind of jumps back into the, back into the investigation. So I guess in some sense it felt all over the place. Maybe that's also why I didn't find myself like too intrigued by this episode. But I guess all in all, like the learning about this Among Us situation and just the fact that there is a stand made out of Sheldon J. Plankton <laughs> makes this episode truly bizarre in the vein of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> well, there you have it. I, I'm I'm psyched for the next episode because I am really excited to talk about the true introduction of Foo Fighters um, and the the interesting conversation that they have when Foo Fighters actually calms down and they like converse a little bit. Because um, Foo Fighters is a very complex and very confusing stand slash stand user. So uh, I'd like to talk through that and get some clarity. But thank you everyone for, for joining us yet again for our Stone Ocean Review series. We are seven episodes in now, right? Yeah, so that's, five left. That's pretty crazy. Um, fingers crossed we get the rest of JoJo by the time we wrap up these first 12 episodes. Otherwise, we'll have to figure out something to do in between um, until we get the, the next batch of episodes. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> we'll just sit there and do nothing. We'll sit there and do nothing. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a, a JoJo discussion episode because we yeah. don't often have an opportunity to do those. Um, but stay tuned. We'll we'll see as uh things finally get revealed to us about this release order not a release order release date is that the right right term but yes thank you for joining us and that wraps up episode 35 of strictly jojo if you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday during our Stone Ocean Review Series. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com, to share your thoughts on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcasts for anime reviews and discussions, where we are in the middle of our Attack on Titan review series. Tadakai. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb, everyone. To be continued. <laughs>